Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. I will be your host tonight. I am Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy, and I will be joined by Anthony Amato. We call him Shimato. Uh, Tyler, Sweat, and T-Roll are not on the pod tonight, but you know what? That's okay, because we have our resident Star Wars expert with us again, Zach Markham, Apple Zachs. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Man, what a freaking episode to be talking about here! All right, and oh, I'm, ta- yeah. I'm talking. We're talking about Book of Boba Fett, ep- Chapter Six, from the desert comes a stranger. And man, if if there ever was a shotgun blast to the face of Star Wars, it's this freaking episode. Yeah, it was. It was quite incredible. Yeah, for sure. Like it. It was probably the is the best episode so far. Uh, not only like best episode, but I think best Star Wars content that has been made in like a very long time. That's not far off, man. I'm telling you, this this episode had me pausing and gasping and just shook multiple times in this episode. Yeah, yeah just yep. completely non-believing what was going on right now. Yeah, things happened in this episode where I was I, I did not even imagine that could happen in yeah. a television venue. I really feel like it was something that in, in a movie, but yet it was unraveling before us in a, t- in a TV format, which is incredible. Yeah, yep. I, I really think, uh, like, I've I brought this up before on the Marvel um, TV series, that we just need to, we just really need to recalibrate how we think of the relationship between movies and TV in relation to especially what Disney Plus has done, because it's just been insane. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel like TV has been, honestly, redefined in these Disney Plus series uh, as far as crossing over with movies and and just the amount of information that they're willing to put into the TV shows. Yeah, for sure. Especially with, like, COVID and everything going on. Like, you don't have to go to the theaters to get really good content. You could do it right at home, and I think they're putting a lot of good information in these shows, like you said. Yeah, so with all that being said, uh, <laughs> let's get into, this is going to be spoilers, obviously. Um, if you want to interact with us or get uh, a deeper dive into the Royal Geek Podcast, follow us on Twitter at, at Royal Geek Pod. Uh, we'd be happy to connect with you guys there. Um, but we're going to go ahead and dive in here, break down this episode, and, you know, just, <laughs> we're going to honestly fangirl out right here is what we're going to do. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So first off. Uh, I love the fact that this episode started off with uh, Cobb Vanth coming into the, the scene again. Yep. And just the little interaction that they had with the uh, Spice Runners from the Pike Syndicate. Uh, the, when Cobb Vanth says, well, he makes his appearance on the scene and they turn and look to him and, and he says, think about it. Think about it. Like he, his, yeah. his, his demeanor and all of... All of his calmness that he has. Uh, yes. I don't know, man. It was just, it, it was good seeing him back again. Timothy Oliphant, really amazing, amazing actor. Yeah, it, it, the way that he just plays like that cool Western role is just yeah. like phenomenal. Like it, he, he just plays it so confidently and coolly, way cooler than, you know, <laughs> any of us could ever imagine being. Oh, of course, obviously. Yeah, he even makes the comment, you know, because he doesn't have uh, Boba Fett's armor anymore, he has to be more careful, but he still has that, that calmness and that confidence yeah. as if he was wearing the armor. And you could really tell how he's um, striving to protect the you know, the city of these people and everything and try to put some sort of uh, order in place. Yeah, but uh, the one of the main things I really liked about the scene is that compared to uh, last week, which, by the way, uh, you guys did a great job on the episode. Uh, sad to miss it, but you know what? I'm happy to be back. I really am. Uh, it was it was quite the hiatus, but uh, I, I am happy to be here with you guys. Um, but yes, uh, Cobb Vanth, uh, he is he is just a presence of the, in the scene, and 
the, the spice of storyline is is being revisited here and that is what we're we're missing in the last week's episode last week was all on mando which i loved it but now here we are back into the boba fett uh storyline of the spice and i love the fact that we were moving the story along right from the beginning compared to last week yeah i definitely feel like they did a better job of actually incorporating the current storylines in this episode Mm -hmm. um you know, and it was a great, uh, the scene was just a great way to reintroduce Cad and just, you know, Cobb. show. Uh, <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself there, huh? Uh, <laughs> nice. Anyway, I love it. Um, but yeah, so um, just reintroduce him and, you know, you get to see how he's, how he's acting and even, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing into seeing how, you know, he is a character and how he may, you know, interact later. Um, and it, it, it was I just love the way that at the end of the end of the scene, he just like kicks the spice over. Like, he, like yeah, he didn't need it. He didn't. It wasn't like it, he didn't want yeah, the it money. It wasn't his purpose. He want, yeah, he kicks it over. It flies away to the rest of the Dune Sea. Um, yeah, yeah, that was good uh, character building on his part. Um, yes, and just like what's to come, right? Like, <laughs> yep. where's what, what's Pakistan Kadena do now? Like, that's yep. crazy. It really just goes to show that you know he's trying to set an example. Um, for the people that's follow him, he's got a lot of people look at him, so he's trying to um, almost like some honor that's to him. Even when nobody's watching, he has to do it for himself, you know, to make sure that yeah. you know he's the good guy. Yeah, great pointing that out because uh, I mean, he it's the definition of like what you do in the dark is what defines you, that kind Absol- of thing. Absolutely. Um, so that's the opening scene, and I, I my immediate thoughts here are like, okay, we're back on tattooing, we're about to drive this Boba Fett storyline, we're gonna go ahead and. Um, build on that, and and the, he's gonna cross paths with Boba Fett, like Cobb Vanth is, and uh, we're gonna get this thing rolling. The immediate next scene is Mando flying yep. uh, to a, a planet full of greenery, and I'm like, okay, all right, never mind. Let's take a back seat here and continue watching episode two of season three of Mando. And uh, you know what? I didn't mind this at all because for the the next what 20 to 30 minutes at unfold was just absolutely incredible and yeah. an enjoy to watch. Um, but we see, we see Mando land on this planet and who is he greeted by, but none of them R2 D2. And I, and yes. right then and there, I'm like, okay, TV show has a little bit of weight to it. And I'm absolutely loving the fact that they are able to just go ahead and throw these movie type things out there. Like R2 D2, a main, yep. main staple of star Wars franchise. It was phenomenal to see. Absolutely. Yeah, it was just great, you know. Um, I don't know. It's it, it, you forget how much sometimes you lose when they just get when they're just like a character that's close to the main the main cast of these movies in comparison to actual characters who are in the main cast. Because you, you see it all the time in like these side stories. It'll be like a droid that looks suspiciously like or acts similarly to R two D two. You know, they might be a great character on their own right, but they're not like the OG droid that we think of. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then, like, as he's landing, it's just... I I just can't get over how cool his N1 Naboo Starfighter looks, man. Yeah, that thing is sick. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Like, when he lands, like, the the detail and everything they did on that Starfighter is just... It's just such such a BA Starfighter. It's just so good. Yeah, and um, you guys pointed this out last week, but I'm going to double down on it as, like, that's not really a realistic bounty hunter because you can't store anything. You yeah. can't take your, your bounties. You can't, you need to like a, you need a Naboo N1 Starfighter trailer hooked up to the back of that thing to hook up and and bring your bounties with you because that thing is unrealistic for a bounty hunter. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he's one of those good old-fashioned U-Hauls. Yeah, there you go. Something <laughs> He needs a big old cargo bay, uh, be able to uh, transport any person or thing. Like yeah. If, if, he, if he was contracted to get like one of the one of the Jabba's, uh, he wouldn't be able to load that thing on there. There's no, no way. No, no way. But uh, but regardless, it looks it looks amazing. It looks fantastic. It chromed out, beautiful, mm-hmm. um, just like the Razor Crest was. But uh, but anyway, uh, R two leads him to uh, this temple that's being built by these little androids. Um, which I don't know. I I, I kind of a lot of people were saying they liked these androids. I did not because here's my thing. If you're building a Jedi temple, I feel like a Jedi should be building it with using the Force and placing the blocks and stones while using the Force. I feel like this uh, is a cop-out by using droids to build your Jedi uh, temple. So so here's my thoughts on that. Um, Luke was trained by Yoda, um, and some of the ways he was trained was very more, I guess, modernized with the Empire era and everything. Um, so a lot of the stuff he's doing is just based off of Yoda. I don't think he understands or knows um, at this point in this timeline the uh, history of the way Jedi temples are built. Um, to me, it's just more he's just trying to get it done and be efficient so he could restore the Jedi Order um, and he could have that temple for more uh, youth-sensitive uh, younglings or students for, for, his, for his temple. Okay, all right. I mean, I, I get that. I, I, I can get behind that. I just... I don't know. I feel I, like I feel like it would have been more beneficial to Grogu's cha- training if you would have had Grogu like single-handedly moving the bricks and yeah. and that, getting that done. That would have been interesting to see him building his old school. But I think it was almost sort of a callback to um, Anakin uh, in a way of the sense of how Anakin was very technologically savvy, especially in the in the prequels um right, you saw yeah. and the fact that he built stuff and did things with droids a lot himself so i think it was kind of like a callback to him using the technology around him to build this to build this uh this this temple so i think it was kind of like his a way to kind of show how anakin and luke are similar in the in that sense like yeah, they're, build a they're connection kinda, between they're fa- part of like father the and son. trailblazers they're part of the you know we're well, gonna well, go and ahead just like how their their relationship with technology you know right. just like how they interact with it and how they utilize it more than a lot of times other jedi would yeah okay yeah that makes sense i okay i can get behind that one as well um so i think you guys kind of reeled me in there um I'll take that. I'll take that. But regardless, we see uh, we see Luke training Grogu. Why Amanda waits on a bench? Yeah. Uh, to to meet with them, uh, we see Luke. R two does the most R two thing ever yeah. and just turns off. Just like you know what, you're working on my time now. How how great would that be if we can just shut off and like a conversation like R two does and just be like, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm done talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty incredible, actually. I would like that. Um, okay, so, um, we do see Luke, he's there, he's instructing Grogu, uh, Grogu's distracted, and he's picking up a frog, and Luke's like, this is the most Luke thing ever, and he's like, he's like, like, Grogu, like, what are you doing, man? Like, his little whiny voice that Luke, he still has. Yeah. Um, and, and then he one-ups him by lifting up uh, more frogs, dozens of frogs. Um, but yeah, this scene was, it was a good scene right here. Which I just thought was just really cool because it was a very it was very reminiscent of the relationship that Luke and Yoda had, you know, yes. in, in the sense of just you know, um, Luke would try to do try to do something, and then of course Yoda would do something. Basically, he would make it seem like it was really hard, and then you know, 
Yoda would just do something just instantaneously, and it'd just be the easiest thing in the world. For yeah, him. I think uh, the callback to the uh, the the X X wing in the, in the swamp, uh, yeah. where he, Luke tries to pick it up, he can't, and then yeah. Yoda just flexes his muscle and just like <laughs> lifts it up out of the swamp. Which uh, that's I mean that's the same vibe I got from that yeah. scene. Yeah, good 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 catch, Amato. Um, but yeah, so the fact that we're seeing Luke here, and for an extended period of time, like the only instance i've imagined seeing luke in these television series would be small snippets like we got in the season finale of mandalorian yeah um but now this scene alone has already extended that past that and i'm like okay so like luke is a possibility now to be used (laughs) for uh, his own series his own series like he could be his own like this this is crazy to me because like when the end credits rolled it said mark hamill it literally said mark hamill Mm. um but I know from watching behind the scenes of The Mandalorian Season 2, they said they used Mark Hamill to film a lot of his lines, but uh, they ended up going back to AI uh, and, like, cropping his voice. Um, to make him sound to younger. To make him sound younger. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure this one is done that way as well, but obviously give credit to Mark Hamill. But yeah. uh, th- this just shows me that they could, if they wanted to, have a young Luke Skywalker series to fill the gap between this series where we're at now and where we pick up and meet him in uh, Force Awakens, which it would be pretty exciting to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's just really just a really cool time to be a Star Wars fan right now um, because, you know, they have the technology, you know, to do these things where versus like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they didn't. Yeah. Um, so this was really cool to see. The, the CGI on Luke was like amazing. It was like, great. Top, like yeah. top notch. Yeah. The, the voice on Luke was amazing. So um, they could definitely do those things, like you said. Yeah. And uh, just I only thought we were going to get like a little snippet, but the scenes kept continuing and we saw more of Luke, more of Luke, more of Luke and him and Grogu's interactions going through the whole entire episode. Um, but after we see a little training sequence between Grogu and and Luke, we are seeing again Mando laying on the bench. And this is one of those other shotgun blasts of the face. To yeah. me, and I didn't had no <laughs> expectation of seeing Ahsoka. Ahsoka there posted on a tree. Wakes yeah. up Mando, uh, and they have a little interaction. And so, okay, so the first thing that crossed my mind, other than like, oh, crap, there she is, holy crap, uh, was, wait a minute, she knows Luke. <laughs> like, like they, they, they actually have their interaction. Like, she spent all this time with Anakin, and mm-hmm. now here she, here she is interacting with the son. That, that was that yeah, super, me. That, super cool. That blew my mind, man. I absolutely enjoyed that thoroughly. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was super cool. Um, another thing that was kind of interesting was just like how much you're once again just seeing how much power R two D two actually has in this universe. And the fact that he's literally the gatekeeper for all this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he, he made the decision. Like he was like, okay, I'm not gonna let you interact with Luke and and Grogu. I'm gonna go call Ahsoka to get right interference. <laughs> That's pretty great, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I was shocked to see Ahsoka. Uh, at this point, she's 45 years old. Um, so I'm wondering like, if she's going to be acting more of as like an advisor uh, type deal with Luke. Um, you know, Obviously, Luke's going to be doing all the teaching, is what she mentioned to Mando and everything with uh, Grogu. Um, but I- I'm curious to see like what her part is going to be with his temple and everything. So, yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because... Um from what I, from what I know from Clone Wars and then Rebels uh, as well, Ahsoka she kind of stepped away from the Jedi Order, right? Yeah. Like I, so, hundred percent. With yeah. her now with Luke, 
like has she kind of rejoined the Jedi Order or you you feel as though she is that consultant or um, cuz I feel like Luke when he's trying to start a Jedi Academy he would want to bring her in as a Jedi instructor or something like that like uh, and reintroduce her to the order or acclimate her or whatever it takes. Yeah. Correct. I I think she's more of like trying to make sure that they're not making the same mistakes that they made in the past. So, like I said, that consultant, because, I mean, back, you know, during the Clone Wars and everything, the Jedis, even though they were peacekeepers in their own way, they were also warmongers. They were always on their way out to fight some yeah. battle with the Separatists uh, in one way or another. In one way or another. So, I think they kind of got lost in their tradition and everything. So, Ahsoka's trying to bring that back. Uh, and what well, she, she definitely had, like, that feel to her when she Correct. left the Order. Correct. Um. Uh, yeah, that's that's how I that's how I see her as well. I feel like she is kind of like that person who it, it's like if a sports team brings in like you know the best player who's ever played for their for their franchise, you know, who's like seventy five years old, who doesn't really want to coach, but he's just there as like this Moral well support. of knowledge, <laughs> this well of knowledge that you know you know has they know what they're doing, you know, they've been there before, they've been you know. You know, they're not really wanting to get super committed, but they're there whenever you need them. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I just thought that was interesting to see just because of the fact that they were interacting with each other, um, where we thought she stood on her status, I guess I, I should say. Yep. Um, but th- they had a good conversation. It was uh, mainly like, hey, cool, I want to see Grogu. Um, and she was more like, do you want to see him for for your purposes or his? or his? Because yep. you'll be doing him a disservice in his training. If you come in here and barge in and interrupt that. And then obviously Mando is like, okay, I see what you're saying here, but I want to give him this, a gift. And he hands him the little pouch. Um, and then he leaves. He flies off into the distance and Grogu watches him fly away. Um, and then an- another training montage happens here with uh, Luke instructing Grogu. Um, lots of uh, force jumping going on here. We get a uh, reintroduction of the uh, training remote uh, sphere. Yeah, um, which uh, callback from the the very first Star Wars original, um, mm-hmm. which was fantastic to see that as well. Obviously, Luke, uh, it's close and near and dear to him because it was his first training, really. Yeah. Um, and here he is using it in his new Jedi quote unquote academy. So that was that was that was a cool sequence to see as well. Uh, when you guys take on this whole montage training scenes, um, I, I think it really was to show us like Grogu finally starting to um you know really focus a little bit better uh, i think up in the beginning scenes were of course him being a little bit more distracted and um i think the, the more, more recent scenes were uh showing him you know starting to focus starting to get you know in the bet, zone yeah in the zone <laughs> get starting to become you know a little bit better at his jedi abilities focusing uh, and everything like that so i think it, it was kind of like he needed to get to this point so that he could make this the later decision that he has to make okay yeah, yeah. for me it kind of had me curious with this whole like maturity aspect yeah. um because you know you see his interaction you know if, if you, i don't know if you guys watch it with subtitles but i do yes it, it has gregu cooing and you know kind of in that um adolescent stage of you know one or two years old um but i think he's more mature like mindset wise um for him to be able to comprehend what luke is saying to him and to be able to execute um what he's saying to him as well well if i remember correctly he's like 80 years old right now which um 
which which is what they mentioned in the, in the I think is the last uh, season of Mandalorian. Correct. Um So wasn't he fifty? Fifty? I thought it was thirty. I think you know he. <laughs> We're I'm, just throwing I'm, out numbers I'm, here. I'm now. like I'm pretty sure it was fifty because I remember the very first episode of Mandalorian was they said oh the the target is fifty. Oh really? And then he's like, "This this species age is different than." I could have swore it was eighty, but, but I'll go sure. Even if he's fifty, even if he's fifty, yeah. which Luke ends up uh, bringing that up as well um, later on in the in the episode where he's like, uh, um, "A few years in a lifetime of yours, a few years in your life is a lifetime in somebody else's." Correct. Um, and so you may not see Mando yeah. again. That whole thing. So, uh, so yes, he he's immature for his species, but. He is mature in the whether he's fifty, yeah. thirty, or eighty. Uh, he's still he's got some years to him to where he can interact with Luke in that in that intellectual way, uh, or that understanding type of type of way. It is interesting to think of like um, maybe the reason why you know the species that they are is um, you know so strong with the force is the fact that they're able to compact so much learning. You know. Because they have so many years to learn, uh, you know, um, you know, Yoda having nine hundred years to learn the way uh, ways of the Force, whereas you know, even the best human would have, you know, you know, a hundred some somewhere around that time period. Yeah, you know, and you'd, by then you'd be breaking down. So yeah, and Luke actually he brings something up here, and he says. Uh, I believe he's talking to Ahsoka here, or uh, no, no. Ahsoka says to him, "She's like, oh yeah, I see training's coming, going well here." And uh, he says, "Well, it's more like him remembering." Um, and then a little bit prior to that scene, uh, Luke kind of helps Grogu remember where he came from. Yeah. And we see a little flashback scene of him watching Order sixty six play out, and he's got three Jedi's in front of him, but they're just getting mowed down by clones, five hundred first clone yep. troopers. Which was really cool to see live action, and I'm really glad that we actually got that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that scene was that scene was visually appealing. Um, but uh, he, Luke's kind of unlocking Grogu's memories of what yeah. it looks like, and and his muscle memory is allowing him to, I don't know, pick up on these things really quick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're definitely showing that you know he had at least some form of training when yeah. he was at the temple that he didn't just. He wasn't just sitting around at the temple, you know. There was there was something <laughs> there, um, you know, and that, you know, he's been a little bit stunted by, you know, the scarring of what has happened, and you know, over time, you know, him kind of forgetting, um, and whether that's just, you know, trauma. is it the tra- is it the trauma? Mm-hmm. Is it the fact that you know, when you're that young, if something happens to you and you don't have it happen repetitively afterward, you kind of kind of sort of forget it, you know? Like, it's interesting to think of like what is actually happening there for his, you know, from his point of view, um, you know, is it really just the trauma or, or something else is at play there as well? Yeah. Just going back to that scene and everything. One, I want to point out, um, just the importance of Grogu to have like three Jedis, like oh, yeah. protecting him. That's yeah. a good point. Actually. Um, it looks like, you know, they were, what I'm grasping of it is they were trying to get Grogu out of the temple and get him to escape. Um, but they just got pinned down by five of first troopers. Uh, second, if you go back and you look at that scene, there's a crest on the door there um, that resembles Barris Alfie's crest, um, which was Master Anduli's student from Clone Wars. So I'm curious to see if that's going to have something to play out 
in his escape of the Jedi Temple, um, and if they're going to bring in another major character, because they've been pulling characters yeah. out of yeah. everywhere right at now. This, at this moment, I, I truly believe that any character is on the board, and we will see them in this, in, in whether this series or any Star Wars television series moving forward. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be a uh, no holds barred like chaos yeah is what it's gonna be like this episode literally felt like a uh, a royal rumble event yeah <laughs> a character after character making an entrance after entrance it was yep. it was it was great and i hope so i really do i really hope that does um play out um because that would be cool to see um other jedis or key players in the clone war series who have survived come uh into these modern series i say modern but i mean it's still taking place in the gap between the Star Wars movies, whether yep. it's uh, episode six and seven. So, um, but yes, uh, Grogu, he, we, he's seen training and uh, Ahsoka says she's about to leave. Luke's like, okay, cool. Like, I appreciate your, your help and your guidance, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, we see where Mando went and Mando is flying back to Tatooine and he is flying to uh, Boba's palace, not Jabba's palace, Boba's palace. Yes. And uh, he lands and we're met with uh, Gamoran. He's, uh, uh, he's, I guess, questioning him. What are you doing here type of deal, right? And he's like, uh, I'm here because of the invitation of uh, Fennec Shand. He walks on in there. We see a, uh, a strategic meeting of minds, I should say. Mm-hmm. And Fennec is leading the charge here. You guys notice that Fennec is doing all the talking in any one of these scenes? Like, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys make of that? Fennec taking charge here. For me, I think she's doing it to like gain respect of the other muscle, the other crime lords. Uh, like we kind of mentioned in you know the previous pods, um, I think she has like her own agenda uh, that she's hold, uh, her own set of cards that she's keeping close to her chest. Um, or she could just be acting out on Boba's behalf um, as a voice. Who knows? Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I do understand the whole idea of Fennexian potentially having her own like motives um but i felt like it was more set up like a you know a power structure type situation where you know boba doesn't need to talk because he has fennec shan to talk for him you know like that type of situation like you know if you're at the very top you have your right hand person who takes care of the things for you in these situations that's kind of how i felt about it although i felt like it was really kind of almost jarring when they just all of a sudden they're like and black chrysanthemums here. Oh, I'm yeah, not gonna, yeah, yeah. Like that part was really <laughs> weird. Where it was just like, here you go, this uh, this character that we've shown before, but you know, he's very back. easily yeah, could have shown back. a scene of just like, hey, want to join? And he'd been like, yeah. yeah. But they were just like, here, he's here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was inevitable that we he was gonna join there. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, but it was cool to see him there. Chrysanthemum was a part of the uh, conversation, and Mando comes creeping into the back. And they're like, okay, they all make eye contact, and they like, kind of, hey, come on over, listen to our plan. And uh, they say they need more muscle or you know, more more fighters. And he's yeah. like, oh, I, I think I got somebody. I know I know people. And uh, Mando immediately leaves, and he flies to uh, Mos, Mos Pelgo, and he goes to Cobb Vanth. And <laughs> okay, so. Was it just me, or was uh, Cobb Vance deputy like the biggest douche in the whole entire world? Like, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say douche. I, I would say like he's trying to you know make his own prove a point. You know, has something to prove, and yeah, he's being extra. But the fact that he, 
the fact that he lands and he's like, you can't park there, man. You you got to go over there to the other side of the. He, he, he's the Barney Fives to Andy Griffith. Okay. <laughs> wow, look at you pulling that classic out there. Man. I I, I saw it as more like a he was like this over like ambitious person. It's his first day. He wants to be show like the show like uh, initiative and stuff like that. I felt like that's what his character was was just this like. Super green guy who's j- just starting, and he very much wants to fill the role. And he knows he has this um, person to look up to who's done so much cool stuff in the Marshall. Yeah. Um. You know, and I-, I felt like that. That's how he saw it. And I feel like that would have been something that I-, I feel like that in my mind that was something that the deputy saw Cod Vanth do to someone else. In my mind, and, okay. that's the way I see it. Is then he tried to play it out himself, but he's not as cool. And we also had a main character that he was talking to, so it comes off that way. <laughs> so uh, I was it, just like, "Who do you think you are? Do you know who this guy is?" Like, I was immediately against him from the start, right there. Um, but obviously, that, yeah. cop came in and 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 laid that uh, rolled that out for her. But like immediately, the deputy was like, "Oh, okay. like like I just feel like he was somebody who was." Over his head, like in the moment, like you know, he didn't know who he, he was talking to. The, the, big, yeah. the big guys yeah. are talking right yes. now. Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like overachiever. Yeah. yeah, but uh, he, he invites him in for a drink. Uh, Mando, Mando says, "I'll buy you a drink." Is what yes. Says. So, um, so Mando's he's laying out. Hey, uh, the the Pikes are gonna take over the planet if you don't watch out. Like that whole thing. Like he's he's framing it in a way to where Boba's the guy. Boba's the guy to keep order. Um, the Pikes are just going to destroy everything. Like that's literally how I viewed that speech, that conversation going down. And uh, Cobb was like, "Okay, well, I he didn't he didn't say he had the meeting with the the, the Spice Run earlier in the day, but he was like, I'll I'll talk to them. Yeah, and uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna think it's a big deal after I'm done talking with the the town. That yeah. kind of thing. Before, yeah. before we go any forward, I just I just want to bring a couple of things out with the decor oh, of the bar. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys, yeah, I don't know if you guys noticed, but they had crate dragon bones all throughout I, the I bar. I noticed it looked like the rib cage yeah. wasn't that. that well, or and the, and the uh, spine, the the skull was on the the, the jawwa, the, yeah, the, yeah, the sand crawler, yeah, yeah as a, as he flew in, yeah. That was pretty cool. It, like, did they? Did they take it from, I guess, the last fight scene where we saw? Or yeah, I, I think, that, that's what I'm thinking yeah. it is. Uh, I, I think so. I think they did it just to show... Where he you, was going is what I think it was. Really what it was is I think it was to show where he was okay. going specifically. Right. You were like, oh, he's going to the... He's going to Mos Pelago. Yeah. He's going to talk to the Cor- marshal, you know. C- correct. And I think I think they... You know, they showed that and they put the decor in the bar and everything just to show what the they got uh, accomplished together. What the Freetown ha- have <laughs> oh, accomplished. Freetown, yeah. yeah. You know, they changed the name, they so I, th- I think they you know put that together just to show that you know they are brave fighters. They can handle on their you know their own yeah. and all those things. Yeah, I, I I did notice the uh, the spine and rib cage. Like I did, I thought that was a really cool touch. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like that that bonding unity type deal yeah. uh, for the the Freetown yep. that you mentioned. Um, but yeah, um, so Cobb says, "Yeah, I got you, man. I'll I'll, I'll look into this for you." And then uh, Mando jets out of there, and uh, I mean, I feel like this scene like was too bang bang. I feel like I feel like Cobb should have went in the the bar for a little bit, talked to some people, and then came out and then realized that there was a stranger coming from the desert. Um, yeah. But I but it was kind of bang bang. Mando dips, 
Cobb's standing there in the street. He senses something, feels something. A presence is there. He looks into the distance. And this is where I about lost my my. Oh yeah. You know what, man? Like it was. I, I was fangirling. I was absolutely like, what is going on right now? Yeah, this, I, I, this I, I bolted up in my chair. Like, yeah. I was, there's no doubt. I mean, every every Star Wars fan in existence watching this scene right now, I guarantee you had the same reaction of jaw dropping, either standing up, scooting to the edge of your chair, sitting up in bed, like whatever the heck it was, or you're you were at your position changed because. What we see is the haze of the dune sea, and in the back in in the background you see a shadow figure with a hat on. But just from that image alone, I was like, "No freaking way! This is who I think it is." And then it go flashes to Cobb, and Cobb is looking at the desert, and he's like, "What's going? Get everybody inside just for their safety, just in yeah. case, because." I got a bad feeling that stuff's about to go down. Yep. And then it, you see him move closer and closer yep. and closer. And, and by it's then, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> 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 and it, yes, yes, we are all led by Darth Binks, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> Instead, we get Cad Bane, uh, yep. gruesome, fearsome, bounty hunter uh, galore. Clone mm-hmm. Wars, Rebels, we got them all. Bad Batch, we got, we got, we got him. In all his glory, live action, here he is, front and center. Yep. Probably the more experienced version, if you will, of Boba Fett. He's been around a lot longer, done probably a lot more bounties, and been in a lot more firefights. And it has an adjusted... A lot less heart. I'm going to say, yeah, I was going to say an adjusted moral compass to where he doesn't see the other side of things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, you know what, I'm ruthless, and that's just what it is. He's like... The, I go where the bag of money takes me. Yeah, is really and, what it and is. It for doesn't him. matter the implications or yeah. the the tipping of the scales. Unlike Mando making the decision when he he captured Grogu and then he yep. decided that it, that was not the right choice. So, um, but yes, we have Cad Bane. Here he is having a conversation with Cobb Vanth, and man, I just knew from the second that the scene happened, like Cobb was out of his freaking league yeah. here, man. Yeah, there is entirely no doubt about it. Yeah, and that's why I think the first scene was so important was to show you at what level, um, at what level he was at. Yeah, and that he was at that he was above the level of the dueling ability of the Pike, and then in this scene it was to show you how much higher up the food chain. Cat. Cad Bane yeah. is so immediately like you get to you get the if you had never seen you know him on screen before let's say you'd only ever watch the TV shows and the movies live action you would immediately understand that this dude was legit oh yeah yeah easily yeah but but I like how Cobb Vanth you know I, I mentioned earlier you know he has confidence but he's not cocky and he's not arrogant yeah. you know he told the people to go inside for their safety because there is that possibility that he could have lost yeah um which he did uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. yeah he yeah. did he did well and even in the time he's i mean he's trying to do the right thing for his town he's talking you know yeah he's he, not immediately he doesn't want yeah. to draw he's not immediately going to the duel like yeah. he's he's literally trying to talk it out trying to come to the, the terms with a, a peaceful uh a, a way of the uh, to end this thing which other than in straight dueling ability that may have been part of his demise you know yeah he may have he although he is willing to draw he was drawing is not his go-to no whereas cad 
Yeah. Shoot first, ask questions later yeah, type exactly. of situation. Yep. Well, Cobb's main downfall was in the beginning when he let one Pike guy go. And that, because he made it back and was able to talk to the up, up tops, yeah. uh, Cad was sent to to their village in, in, in Freetown. So, yeah, they have a great conversation. This scene is... For me, it was electrifying, dude. This scene was this scene was everything as a Star Wars fan that I wanted to see ever. Like yes. this was this was it right here for me. It, it reminded me of so many like Clint Eastwood movies. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dollar franchise, uh, the Dollar trilogy. It was a hundred percent same. Name. Yeah, same, uh, same freaking vibes, man. It was it was incredible to see. Yep, I loved how they kept uh, Corey Burton in there too, the one who voice acted Cad Bane. Yes, in Wars, I, like, which is, you can do, you can easily do because yep. he is more. I mean, obviously he's alien, and yep. you can do all these prosthetics and his yep. voice. You just can do a voiceover, right? If you can CGI down Luke Skywalker to look younger and sound younger you can definitely bring back the voice actors from the clone war series yep, absolutely. like that's like why not right yeah um but yeah so cad has a great conversation with Cobb. i see your your confusion earlier in, yes. the, in this podcast uh Oof. uh but uh but yeah uh and then the deputy comes walking out uh, he's not for sale i'm like gosh this guy man yeah. this go back to where you came from man you don't you don't belong here right should have been uh, wearing a red shirt. Yeah. Oh, red shirt. Yeah. Should have. Wow. You did have on a red franchises. satchel. Yeah. He had on a red satchel. <laughs> Don't cross franchises here. <laughs> this is not that the podcast to do that. Um. Anyway. Um. So then he's like creeping closer, and I hate the fact that he's all jittery and like his hands are moving. He's shaking, and Cobb is just sitting there like still, and uh, dude's just like very antsy, and uh, you just knew, you just knew that Cad was gonna be like lighting these guys up. Yeah. And. Uh, and then, uh, like, another negative is just the fact that I felt like with the deputy out there, the marshal, because of his nature, was uh, uh, on top of his unwillingness necessarily to draw he immediately. Had to. He had to but, get his hand on there. and But it was also he was very much thinking about his deputy. Like, he was thinking – like, he was split yeah. like, in his mind. Like, he was – thinking about the safety of his deputy as this was happening. So I felt like uh, just another strike against him. Like he's going up against a more experienced gunfighter, uh, someone who is more willing to draw in the first place and somebody without a split, you know, um, attention right. span at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, good point. He is, he focuses so much on the, on the deputy that when stuff goes down, when guns start pulling, he looks to the deputy first and then looks back at, yep. at Cad Bane. And that was, that was, the, that was his, his injury. I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's no. dead. No. On a second rewatch there, he does hit his shoulder. Cad Bane hits his shoulder. Yep. And he freaking mows down deputy dude. Yes. And I think 100%. that was, I think that, I was think that was on purpose. It was. Yes, I agree. I think it was on purpose. I think it was the same instance of the previous scene where he killed the, the three Pike syndicates and left one alive. It was Cad's like, I'm going to injure you to show you that I mean business, but I'm going to completely destroy yep. your deputy. So that you know that I really mean business, yes. and uh, and I think that that we're gonna see Cobb come into the the final episode to join Boba and everybody. Plus, else. you never see a close up. Like you never see like he's surrounded by the townspeople. You yeah. never see a close up yep. of him when he's on the ground. So you're not you don't really get to see how truly injured he is. Yeah, and I think I think just the shock of how many times he actually shoots the deputy distracts you or is supposed to distract you enough from noticing the fact that yeah he the marshal only got shot in the shoulder like well, once well in that scene after watching a second time they even mentioned the marshal was still breathing go grab a med pack 
Um, oh, okay, it, good. I didn't hear that. I was too infatuated with uh, CAD. So, but yeah, yep. great, great. I'm glad you ever able to pick that up. Yep. Yep. Chances he gets some sort of a an enhancement. Uh, I'm thinking that not, nec- not necessarily a, a mod. Like I'm assuming that you're gonna go that route. I'm thinking that he's gonna get either a new set of armor because I feel like just from what he was wearing, he needs armor on top of it. It would yeah. look better with armor on it, like he did when he was wearing Boba's armor. Yeah. Or at least like a pauldron, you know, just something to cover uh, it, that shoulder piece. Yeah, there you go. Why not, right? Yep. That would that would be sick to see. Um, but yeah, so that scene happens. I'm picking myself up off the floor at this moment, and uh, I'm just like, "What just happened?" Cad's in the universe, live action universe. Uh, this is this is. He looked phenomenal. Can I just say he looked phenomenal? He did. Um, his little tubes or whatever the heck's coming out of the side of his face just looked incredible. His eyes looked incredible. His mouth, his teeth. Like, it was Cad Bane, man. And I loved it. I loved it. And uh, it was really fun to see. Yep. That was awesome. And then the scene transitions back to Luke and Grogu. Uh, They are sitting in a hut, a completed uh, completed hut from the ant droids, right? Yep. And uh, he lays out a a, a blanket, and he, he places over here, and he's like, hey, the Mandalorian, I know he's 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 means a lot to you. Uh, he left you this, and he pulls out this little armor chainmail looking suit thing, which I was a little disappointed when I saw that because I really wanted to see a uh, Mandalorian style helmet, Grogu size, come yeah. out of that little thing. But but I get it, I get it. Um, he Grogu, he's wearing like a potato sack, right? Like so, it's only fitting to put a, a chainmail potato sack looking yep. uh, armor there. So he. Grogu like, oh cool. He like gets up immediately and he goes again. He's like, but wait, but there's wait, more. Oh, there's more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a lightsaber, and he pulls out this small little lightsaber and uh, from Yoda yeah. himself. He said, yeah, Master Yoda. And and like, as as Star Wars fans looking into this, you're like, holy crap, man! Like that's Master Yoda's lightsaber, right? Um, which I, th- I could have swore I remember uh, reading in, in some sort of comic that that Yoda's lightsaber was destroyed, but I'm not gonna get into that that canon. I guess I don't know. Uh, so it was lost. It wasn't destroyed. Okay. Um, okay. But Yoda built a second one while he was on Dagobah. Okay. Well, hey, there you go. That's why we keep you around, Markham. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, but here here's one issue that I have. It's cool seeing the Yoda's Yoda's lightsaber, right? But like. Back in the prequel era, like uh, they're building their own lightsabers. Everybody's building their own lightsabers, like as initiation to like to be a yeah. Jedi. So, like, Grogu should be building his own freaking lightsaber. He shouldn't be getting hand me downs. So, What's all these hand me downs? Luke gets a hand me down. Grogu gets a hand me down. We see later on that um, the the rest of them get hand me downs. But I mean. Kylo, he builds his own. It looks like right. Yep. And it does look like at the end that Ray builds her own. But so I think this I is like that that leeway into Jedi tradition right now, Luke is very young and this is the beginning of his, uh, of his teachings. Right. Okay. So I don't think he knows the information of how to get a Kydex crystal. I don't think he knows the information of how to build a lightsaber. I think that's where Ahsoka is going to come in as like an advisor mm-hmm. and teach him these things. And then once they get, you know, built up to a, a certain rapport, then they'll get back into Jedi traditions and all those things. I would I would love to see a series where either it's Luke Skywalker and his Jedi Academy, uh, and they go like uh, kyber crystal mining. Like I would love to see that. Like yeah. why not? Why not? Right? Yep. Um, 
building your own lightsaber it, it, it's a fun thing to do I, I did it at uh, at disneyland and it was it was quite the experience and so i can only imagine watching it play out on on live action uh it, actual star wars universe like how incredible it would be because yep. you so, got you got to think too right now like kyber crystals are going to be very rare to come by because you know the empire mined them for the death star right oh yeah. so they probably obliterated you know all of the known spots yeah so th- he, yeah. they're gonna have to find new spots yeah more than anything like also anything they did not use for something like that they would want to get rid of because completely yeah because yeah, it's the like weapon they that don't destroy them they know yeah they're like well this is literally leaving out the weapon that is yeah most likely to destroy us. Nope. So Luke pulls the, the he pulls the lightsaber out and he's like, "This is the lightsaber, belonged to Master Yoda. It could be yours if you want to continue with your training." And he he like sets it to the right side, and then he's got Mando's armor to the left side. And he's like, "But you have to make a choice, and the choice has to be if you choose the chainmail armor, you'll I'll return you to Mandalorian, and that's where you'll 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 be. But if you take the lightsaber, we'll continue our training, and I will make you a great Jedi." That 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 had me sold for hey I'm choosing a lightsaber man if you you're telling me you're gonna make me a great light uh great Jedi I'm down man I'm down yeah and I think it's that that choice is just so important for character building you know Anakin had to do it between he had to choose between either saving Ma- uh Mace Windu or saving Padme um, Luke he had to choose between either giving into his hatred or saving his father uh, Ray she had to choose between uh either being on the good side of the force or falling back into you know her evil past so that yeah. that choice is just so very important uh in a pivotal moment um for what's going to come in the character the show of character that they're going to um develop into and i i did find it interesting because we are looking at the the, the jedi the jedi temple type deal right in there do you want to have no attachment so you can focus on the on building up the force and and focusing on that but like in the last episode when mando's talking to the armorer um, he was saying well, that conversation of like she has to he Grogu has to forego attachments, but he's like that's the complete opposite. Ours is built on loyalty and solidarity. Like, um, so the conflicting viewpoints here. Like Grogu has already seen a portion of Mandalorian and his viewpoints, and yeah. here he is being introduced to this new style, which is attachment free, uh, but yet the power that you can harness is 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 a greater force. Um, so I feel like he has a really clear understanding on what the two sides represent uh, speaking on to the, the maturity level that you were talking about earlier Markham um, but yeah it, it's going to be an interesting choice and it was quite the cliffhanger and I really don't think we're going to get that cliffhanger answered in the Boba Fett series I hope we do not because I, I just feel like there's too much to wrap up but um, b- back to that converse- the conversation it's very odd because every single Jedi that we have seen and followed along at least the main ones the po- really powerful ones They've actually built strength off of their relationships. Like they all have, yeah. you know, like uh, th- it's all about their strongest relationships, or they're giving into their, you know, their relationships, it, 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 whether they be good for or for bad. Um, you know, even Luke. I mean, he literally was building his his relationship with, you know, he had the support of Han and Leia and and all all that kind of stuff. And then you know, even in even uh, going back to Obi Wan, who had the, you know, you know, it may not been turned out very well, but he he very much had a very deep relationship with Anakin, you know. That's true. Um, yeah. And he even had a love relationship of his own um, uh, with uh, Bo Katan's older sister. Um, so you know, you see these 
you know, they talk about, you know, getting rid of relationships and yet relationships are usually the thing that are, you know, the strongest parts of it. Even Ray, when she was trying to make that decision, I feel like a lot of that was built off her own relationship, her own positive relationship that she had and choosing what side that she went on. So it's, I, I don't know. I feel like, uh, in a lot of ways it's, they talk about giving up those relationships, but in the strong shit, I lots of times give into those relationships mm. now. Yeah. That's great points, man. Absolutely. Great points. I, I think I, I have a, a sneaky suspicion that Luke is going to be like, make a choice. And then he's going to choose Mando's armor, but he's going to be like, that's a good choice because actually my new Jedi order is going to be built on relationships. Like I feel like he could, he could change things up a yeah. little bit because his Jedi order could look a little different. Like I know in the extended universe, like he, he was more of the, uh, given a little bit to your your feelings and your relationships a little bit more than what we're seeing now as no attachments. So, but obviously, extended universe has been uh, de or non canonized or yeah. decanonized. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see what how the decisions made uh, with Grogu. Yeah, it'd be interesting. He drops a line, you know, after he's like, "What can attack be without defense? What can defense be without attack?" <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, that's good. Man, so. That's how the episode ends, and uh, you're quickly quickly shown, uh, directed by Dave Filoni. Uh, the fact that Dave Filoni got his hands—I mean, this episode felt like a Dave Filoni episode, like it, it really did. Like he had his hands all in Clone Wars series, and he, he's literally bringing his Clone Wars greatest hits to this freaking episode. Yeah, it was it was it was incredible to see. Um, I will say uh, between. John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and freaking uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, yeah. the, I feel like Star Wars is in great hands, and I am a hundred percent on board with whatever those three want to do. Like, I, you guys didn't mention this last week on the pod with last week's episode, but it, it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, and yeah. I was absolutely like, she has done some of the best Mando episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that last week episode was fantastic. She, I want to see her have her own series, movie, franchise, whatever. She can do it, man. Who knew that 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 she had that capability, man? That it was, it, yeah. it's incredible. I mean, it runs in her blood. I, I, I mean, obviously, it runs in her blood. But I mean, like, this is the same like an annoying character from the Jurassic world, uh, franchise. Like her character is so annoying in that thing. Yes. Uh, she plays Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man three. Like, it, it, like th- this is, this is yeah. what we're dealing with here. Right. Reach. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, but yet here she is doing a phenomenal job last week's episode. And then Dave Filoni and John Favreau writing this episode and, and Dave Filoni directing this episode. And then like, man, we are some lucky freaking fans, man. We yeah. really are. Um, episode closes out, um, and I love the concept art. I'm starting to watch the concept art. Um, I haven't been doing that uh, in Mando series, but I've been doing it now in the Boba Fett series, and uh, it's just it's it's very stunning to see. Uh, I am curious to see what you guys think is going to happen in this uh, finale episode next week. I just feel like there's there's a um, a good bit to wrap up here. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot. There, it's a lot, and they. The only negative I will say about the last two episodes is that the, the actual plot of the supposed Boba Fett series has moved along at what seems like a snail's pace. Yes. Um. So although these the two episodes by themselves have been amazing, I, I like <laughs> I, I can't say anything short of amazing. Yeah. Um. But I do feel like 
Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they're actually able to wrap up this season in one episode when I already felt like they were a little behind the eight ball even before these last two episodes. Good point. Do you guys think there's just going to be anyone else that's going to be brought to light? Like any more surprise characters? Why not, characters? right? Why not? Yes, why so, not? <laughs> so so here, here's my theory. Just because it's Boba Fett and then they brought Cad Bane in. Um, in Bad Batch, Cad Bane was involved with hunting down Omega uh, and trying to, you know, acquire her. Um, Omega being uh, one of the other descendants from Jango Fett's um, biological chart or whatever. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to elaborate something on that, maybe towards like the end of the episode, and then maybe kick it off for Bad Batch. I'm not sure, but it would be really cool to see something like that come into play. I think it would be interesting. I know you and I had been texting Markham and you mentioned that uh, you would see like more clones being produced. And because in Bad Batch, we did see the the, the lead scientist that yes. she was kind of captured by the Empire. Yes. And so who knows what she was working on with them. And so it would be interesting to see uh, whether uh, it's another Boba Fett, Jango Fett type of deal where those his bloodline was carried on through cl- more clones. Um, that, that would be interesting to see like if that ha- did happen, but I like the idea of, uh, maybe bringing bad batch slash like Omega into the live action universe. That would be kind mm-hmm. of uh, cool to see play out in a TV series. Um, you don't necessarily have to call it bad batch. You can, I mean, it can be like focused on Omega because I feel like there's a lot of development that could happen with Omega. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely got the gears turning for me for sure. It would be really cool to see the live action jump in her like age gap and yeah. like, her ability gap, because um, I feel like that was one of the few things about when she was in the Bad Batch that was a little bit tedious was <laughs> the fact that she was. I, I, it's hard when they're you're dealing with children right. like that. Like I feel like it would be cool to see her like jump up ability wise. You mean and, like, like to the wise. fact that she couldn't hold a crossbow in one episode, but then the next episode she was an expert marksman. Is that what yes. You're about? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. It just <laughs> imagine it just, what a few more years could do, right? Yeah. Like it, it just like the general like. Uh, her uh, just a child acting in general like yeah. that idea so it'd be cool to see her like you know be a little bit older a little bit more experienced so that'd be cool yeah. and just in general just to see more clones would be really cool because i've like i would love to see live action versions of Catherine rex yeah rex <laughs> a- any of them yeah. like 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 God, it would be so awesome to see some yeah. of those and, and who knows maybe cad bane you know eventually called up to omega and captures her and decides to keep her and take her under his wing yeah and develops her into another bounty hunter possibly another enemy uh that i mean who knows right yeah. I, I, that could be a, a a route we take um I, I do think it's going to be interesting because this is the uh, the ne- the last episode next week. Um, we have Cad Bane. What what's going on with him? Is was yeah. that literally the only scene we're going to see him in? And because he's an enforcer, or are we going to see more of him? Like I, we like we better right? Like yeah, right? Um, like I, it, it's odd because like yeah. I don't really see him as someone who's going to get into the big group battle. Exactly. Like, he, That's he, my that he, was my mindset too. He's all about like the one on one. He he's not about. He's not a warrior. Right. He is literally what he, he stated as. He's a bounty hunter. Yeah. He's looking at getting getting the jo- what he needs to, t- the task done. He's not yeah. like open field battle type of guy, you know? Right. And we have this whole spice storyline going on yeah. where like what's the outcome there, right? We have Boba trying to reclaim his his throne from the, the Pike Syndicate, right? Like trying to uh, establish himself as a true crime lord, right? Yeah. Um, we have... What's going to happen with Mos Pelgo? Like, yeah. is, is Cobb 
Is he dead? Is he alive? Is what's going to happen there? Um, Is he going to change his mind now that he's been shot? You know, yeah, like yeah. It, what? there's a lot going on, and you know what? Like Disney Plus has had the trend of cramming so much into the last episode of their series. Like, cool, we 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 get it. We love the fact that you're you're taking the time and doing these series, but I would just love a little bit more. Uh, I don't know resolution because I feel like yeah. it's going to take a miracle to resolve all of these issues perfectly in this next episode. And as, as a star Wars fan, I mean, all star Wars fans are notorious for being haters and yeah. <laughs> and you know, being a little bit, I don't know, swarmy Cynical. with a, a lot of their uh, statements that they make towards the series. Um, but yeah, cynical is a great, great word there. Uh, I'm just hoping for a, I don't know. I'm just hoping for a, a decent outcome that could just hype us up for the next Mando series yeah. or I'm Obi-Wan, just, Obi- which is dropping in May, Obi-Wan series in May, Ooh. confirmed. So, yeah. So what what could happen from there, right? Yeah, I, I'm just hoping that they get us to a point to where at least we're at least somewhat settled on what's currently happening and maybe, maybe it will not be 100% resolved, but, but resolved enough to where they set something up for the next season but you're at least comfortable with the way this season ends. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all that being said, anybody have any final thoughts here? Final thoughts. I mean, I just, if Omega shows up, that'll be, that'll be epic. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Part of me is preparing for Boba Fett's death. I honestly feel like that's inevitable. I really do. Because, uh, I mean, First off, they've been cutting him out these last two episodes. Um, yep. We didn't even see him at all the last episode, but this episode, uh, he was there present, like he was present, but he didn't have any speaking lines. So um, I feel like, yes, he's being removed. Um, but if you think about it, really think about it. Everyone's complaining about, oh, it's a Boba Fett series, and Boba Fett hasn't even been the best part of the series, right? This dude had eight minutes of screen time in the original trilogy, right? Maybe ten minutes, Okay. And uh, he dude's gotten four episodes so far, four episodes, and then in the in this one fifth episode, he's got a visual. That's plenty of more time than what we ever got with him. Yeah. So you guys need to see that. Just by yeah. I mean, there. I mean, by definition, a book has to come to an end. So I mean, yeah, it could yeah. be. You're right. You know, <laughs> we could see maybe this is just his entire volume from beginning to end. This one season. Yeah, and you know what. I, I I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But yep. I, I I just want him to go out in a bang. Yes, like it has me. to it has to be top notch, epic remembrance. It has to be so epic to where it makes me the 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 character that I built him up in my mind of the eight minutes, ten minutes of screen time from the original trilogy and how bad a he was. It has to be that level bad a to his exit in this in this episode. So, yep. um, I don't know. I'm hoping for for that. I mean, I do see. I, I feel like he is going to die. I really do. Um, but if he does, then this whole season was really for nothing. Like he's trying to be a crime lord, right? Like, and he fails. <laughs> that's that's what it would come down to. Is he fails to be crime crime lord because he gets killed? I don't. I, I don't mean, necessarily think it's going to be that he fails. I think this whole purpose at, at this moment is to get the Pikes out of Tatooine yeah. and allow Tatooine to thrive. Um, without some crime lord being in charge. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's a it's a success if the Tuscan Raiders are in a better situation after 
you know, all this, and the Pikes have left. Like, that would be considered, for me, for a win, even if he were to die in the process. Because I don't, like, once again, I don't think a crime lord is his true objective. I just believe that being a crime lord is his uh, avenue to get to his prime objective. And and you got to think, too, the whole reason that he became a crime lord was because he was tired of seeing, you know, his own people, bounty hunters, dying for nothing. Uh, due to somebody not thinking or not using, planning, yeah. not planning, you know, all those things. So even when he was wanting to become a crime lord, it wasn't because he wanted to be top dog. It's because he wanted to save his people. Yeah. Great point. That's a great point, too. Um, so, yeah, hey, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the episodes, uh, especially the last two episodes. Um, but I will say, my, my as far as the final thoughts, like the Book of Boba Fett series uh, for me is – it's kind of a cluster. It's kind of it's kind of all over the place. It's it's a little choppy. It's it doesn't the show does not really know what it wants to be. Uh, it wants to be Mandalorian 2.0, yeah. but but then again, it also wants to uh, thrive on our nostalgia for who both that was in the past. Like it doesn't really it doesn't really know what it wants to be. Yeah. And and honestly, as a Star Wars fan, I'm enjoying the episodes, but I really wish there was a little bit more cohesion here for these these uh, these episodes yeah. in this series. It really has felt like in the first six episodes, we've gotten three different timeline setups um, with, you know, the Mandalorian timeline, the current timeline with Boba Fett in, you know, this setup and all the flashbacks. It's yeah. like a third yeah. setup. So it, it really does feel like they've crammed a lot into these six episodes like that doesn't necessarily over layer over each other all that well yeah so I, I was feeling the same way at first but i think they're using this series in particular to as a bridge to gear up to all the other series that they're about to release um to get all that you know extra content in there you know all that behind the scenes stuff so that way they could set up for all the series and maybe even future series that haven't even been announced yet uh, to come out. I'm, I'm really curious to see if they're going to be creating uh, a Luke Skywalker series and you know how he builds his Jedi Academy and if that's going to have something to do with Grogu or if that's going to be in The Mandalorian Season 3. Who who, who knows? But yeah. um, they're using this as a bridge to gear up to all their series, which is going to be even more content that they're yeah. going to be releasing, which, which is awesome. Yeah, it, it is awesome to see uh, all this new Star Wars stuff coming out. Um one of my things, though, is like the next series we're getting is in May, and it's Obi Wan. And as we know, Obi Wan is not—he's not alive in the in the current Mandalorian timeline, right? He's he's dead, yeah, uh, or a ghost, yeah, or yeah, or a Force ghost. Yes, you're right. Good good point. Uh, so this obviously the Obi Wan series is taking place before all of that. So we're we're going back to another timeline, and we're gonna dive in there as well. So like, at what point? At what point do do these series uh, have a central focus of like, hey, okay, we're done jumping around. Here we are. This is the main storyline, and we're going to go with it. Because another series about to launch is Ander, the Ander series. And guess what? That's in the past, too, because freaking Ander's dead, right? Like, Yep. So make up your freaking mind here, people. Like, uh get let's get it together let's is obi-wan going to be a springboard for another character that's going to go forward into the in the the major main timeline is ander going to do something that's going to lead up to the main time like is the are these all like building blocks that's going to get us to this new epic star wars storyline i hope so i hope i hope that something big comes from that but then you also have this 
fin- like finality of uh, the Force Awakens, where the Jedi Temple is completely destroyed and everything that Luke's building right now means nothing. Like, seriously, like what he's building with Grogu, it means nothing because we've seen it destroyed already. Yep. Yep. So what what's coming from that? Are we gonna get a new different timeline? Are we gonna retcon some things? Are we gonna I don't know? Or are we just gonna lead into that? We're gonna have all these these beloved characters be built up in these series, only to be killed off in the freaking movie that just already happened. So I mean, the only thing I can think of is what if all this stuff is setting up for some sort of altered timeline? Like these TV series are gonna show us because they have talked about you know, kind of wiping the sequel trilogy kind of from canon a little bit. Um, at least not like 100%, but there's been whispers mm. and uh, conversations about that. What if a lot of these series are going to set up to where a an event that is a Nexus event, if you will, oh, that boy. will kind of push off what happens in, you know, the sequel trilogy to where well, maybe the Jedi Temple actually does mean something now hmm. that he's building. So that's a good point because they decanonized this, but originally the Jedi Temple was on Yavin, and they got rid Correct. of it, and now the planet that it's currently on, you have no idea what planet that is. Yeah, yeah no, good point. Uh, that's, who knows, man? Who knows where they're going with this uh, series and information? And Disney, I feel like, they didn't know what they wanted to do with Star Wars when they first got it, um, but now they have a clear path with uh, Favreau and Filoni. Um, so maybe they should have ran the series in the first place, but I guess they it was a little yeah. too late. Too late. Uh, they discovered their their passion, their love, their their drive for the series. But uh, either way, I am absolutely excited to see where the the future of the the Star Wars television goes. Um, maybe leading to some epic movies, but. Uh, but yeah, uh, lots lots to look forward to. Yep. What I hope is that they get done filling in the gaps with Force Awakens and everything, and then they start pulling content from the Old Republic, and then we start getting some awesome movies, TV series, whatever it is, through those, because there, there's yeah. so much information, uh, so many good characters. That's it, true. It, and, Great point. It, and that stuff that they, they could pull from, so. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to see that uh, that era. Um, I know we have uh, there is a series in development for that timeline, uh, that era, which it would be really, really incredible to see certain characters uh, emerge. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, yeah, we've talked uh, at length about this, so uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, sticking around and listening, and uh, follow us on on Twitter at at Royal Geek Pod. Um, look us up. Um, we would love to interact with you and engage with you. Um, but yeah, if you guys are enjoying listening to our Star Wars talk, uh, tune in next week uh, for the uh, season finale of Book of Boba Fett. And uh, we really do appreciate you guys listening. So uh, for Shimato, for Markham, for myself, uh, we really appreciate you listening. And uh, we will see you next time, you peasants. <laughs> <laughs>